You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right, there's the music that means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet here to help you with your pets, whatever the problem is, pet professionals. We have a couple standing by today to help you with your pets. That is that is what we're here to do. A couple doctors uh, in the house. Michelle traveling on the road with us. And uh, Dr. Karen, thanks for, for being here. Animal Talk, uh, having some fun. Appreciate you guys. Uh, is the clinic getting back to normal, right? Uh, is it June uh, June 12th? You guys can get back into the swing of things? Well, it won't be normal for a while, right. but uh, a we're going to at least be able to do non-essential services um, because till now we've been pretty much restricted to essential services so now we're allowed to do other things like your routine stays and neuters and other surgeries and normal um you know exams vaccinations things like that we have been doing some things up until this point we also can resume grooming and boarding as well so that'll be helpful that is that is pretty awesome. Hey, Brian, how you doing, sir? Hey, Jamie, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, Karen. Hey, Michelle. Hi there. So, uh, Michelle, yeah. don't take your eyes off the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the car noise makes. I I got, I got her muted out because the car makes a, a a ton of noise. Brian, uh, how you holding up in the uh, in the in the lockdown here? You all right? Uh, pretty good. You know, like I've said, my life hasn't changed much. I'm kind of a hermit. Yeah. I don't like a whole lot of people. So <laughs> it's working out pretty well for me. Excellent. Uh, the boys doing all right? Yeah, everything's good. We have uh, a lot of work going on at the house. Yeah. Um, new shop being built. Yeah. This is on uh, the back burner. I'm good. Excellent. 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 All right. So, well, I'm going to jive right in with a, a pet behavior question uh, for you. Uh, Trina was watching Shark Tank a couple of years back and saw a, a, a product that would help a cat uh, use the toilet uh, to do their business, use a human toilet mm-hmm. to, to do their business. Uh, how hard is it to train a cat to do their business in a toilet? And can it be done? Actually, it's really straightforward. Um, there have been, um, you know, homemade devices like that for quite a while, years and years. And, uh, uh in some breeds of cats take to it actually a little bit quicker than a regular litter box, really? you know, depending on the cat. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a pretty, uh, a pretty straightforward process. A lot of these kits, a lot of these things have like, um, uh, kind of like a, something that goes underneath the toilet seat that holds some litter to get the cat kind of oriented to the, um, the, uh, the, the toilet and um, yeah, it's. Uh, I wish I would have done that with my cats when I when I had cats years ago. But um, yeah, it actually works pretty well. Huh. I just I, I just it just seems like it would be I don't know you 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 have to have the the patience I guess I don't know it just seems really weird to me. Cats <laughs> are a lot smarter than you think they are. Okay. I'll I'll give it to them. Did you hear? There's an alligator that uh, passed away. Uh, Hitler's alligator. Did you see that story, Brian? No, Hitler's alligator. What? <laughs> yeah, it finally passed away in a in a, a Moscow. 
Zoo of all places. So it, Berlin, World War II, it survived the bombings uh, of, of Berlin uh, during World War II. Uh, the name of the alligator was Saturn. Uh, and then he was on the loose. Saturn was on the loose. Uh, people thought he belonged to, to Hitler after, after they, they, they found him. That was a rumor that started. But uh, he was a Mississippi alligator. He lived to uh, 84 years old. It was, uh, he was gifted to the Berlin Zoo in 1936, this Mississippi alligator, right after he was born. So he was born like in, in 1936. Uh, and he escaped the zoo in 43 when it was bombed. It, it, uh, it, it, it became his pet? Uh, well, yeah. And it was just on the run for three years after, after it escaped from the, the zoo. It was just cruising around. Berlin and Germany for like three years, uh, and then some British soldiers found him, and they they gave him to the Soviet Union. Uh, so he spent uh, his remaining years there since then uh, in the in the Moscow in the Moscow Zoo. Uh, and people said you know, since he came from Germany, everybody was like, "Oh, that was Hitler's alligator," but it, he really he really wasn't. Oh, it's an urban legend. Yeah. Okay, I get yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really wasn't. But 70, 74 years old. Uh, yeah, he spent seventy four years in the Moscow. Zoo is eighty. He was eighty. Forty. You know, I have a question for you, Jamie. Yeah. And uh, and Karen and Michelle, if uh, Michelle, you really should pull over to engage <laughs> in the podcast. I'm a little worried that you're going to get too involved in the podcast, and you're going to take your eyes off the road. Uh, <laughs> no. Um. So it has to do with invasive species. Yeah. We're looking at this house in in Florida. And, um, you know, iguanas are in- invasive uh, species there. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are parking lots or fields where iguanas, they will destroy, uh, you know, for making burrows and, and, and dens for mating and such. Um, they will uh, destroy a lot of the, the, the fauna in the area. So how do you feel about that? You know, in some areas, it's, um, it's wild pigs, right? Uh, or in uh, other species. Uh, how do you feel about, you know, the open season on, on animals like that, that, they, that are considered invasive species? And, you know, um, I, I'm not sure. I'm kind of ambivalent about it. I wanted to, I wanted to ask some people who are smarter than me. So, Jamie, um, I couldn't find anyone else. So how about sure. you? <laughs> so what's your question again? <laughs> <laughs> do I like iguanas? I like iguanas. No, what, but do you, what, do you, what do you think about exterminating them just because they're invasive species? You know, uh, relocating might not be practical. Yeah. And they are doing damage, maybe displacing some, some local or indigenous species. Uh, how do you feel about just uh, wiping them out? That it's, uh, we have so messed with the ecosystem. Uh, it, it's our fault. We have no one, no one to blame but ourselves. But if they're damaging the ecosystem, like there's a lot of uh, cats, a lot, a lot of countries have problems with with feral cats, and there's areas because they decimate uh, the wild bird population. Mm-hmm. Feral cats uh, are are they they do they do a lot of damage. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's awful that we have to clean up the messes we created. But uh, yeah, um, I'm not for it, but I understand the need. Does that make sense? Spoken like a, a true politician. Now, Karen, uh, with regard to the iguanas, I was talking to a friend, and you know, you know, guys talk. Guys talk like guys, and we're a bunch of idiots. But I said, you know, um, if I if I find one, what what do I do? Just shoot it? He's like, and he said, you know, what you would shoot an iguana? 
And like, you know, we should all be so lucky. That's the way I want to go out. I want to be going about my business and just a bullet in my head and I'm done. I mean, that would be a dream come true knowing that you're going to die instantly, right? I don't know. I'm more for relocation and like, you know, TNR, like we do with cats, trap, neuter, and release. Um, There's also ways that um, they can be injected with um, a reproductive uh, um, pellet that can keep them from producing, reproducing. If they can, you know, just stay in the environment until they die out, that's also an option. So um, some places do that with deer. Uh, others just rather go for the quick and dirty method of shooting them. Wow. Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess it, it comes down to you, you know, your perception, right? Like I don't care how invasive cats would end up being. I, w- I could never bring myself to, to, to kill a cat or a dog. I, there's no way, but um, you know, uh, okay. A deer, you know, the, uh, they, uh, you know, the um, hunters make an argument that they're, you know, it's uh, it's calling the herd and it's it's population control and they're eating the animal. They're they're uh, you know so I mean there's well, the but that's a hunter. When you're looking yeah. at some of these other situations, for example, just in our area, you know, when we had the issues with uh, deer by the tech center over there, twelve and Van Dyke, you know, and and uh, other areas too where they were just shooting them, uh-huh. and I mean that was years ago, but they're still doing it in Stony Creek and other places like that. And mm. they're not eating them. They're just shooting them. Yeah. And yeah see, that's, a, that's a terrible waste. Yeah. There's, I can't there's see other that. methods. There really are. It's just, you know, the government or the people who are making the decisions just aren't, uh, aren't looking at the humane methods. So, you know, with, uh, with animals like iguanas that seem to be really prolific, like in, in, uh, in Florida, um, Somebody, someone might say, well, you know, it's kind of, it would be a very expensive endeavor to go and, and give them the, um, the, the day after, the morning after shot, or whatever you want to call it. But to Jamie's point, we created them. So I would right. ask Aaron, you would be on, you'd fall on the side of, well, yeah, we created it. So whatever expense it takes, we've got to do it in a humane fashion where, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's our problem to clean up in the most responsible way. I like that attitude. Can you neuter? Can you neuter uh, an iguana? That's uh, the trap and release. That's interesting. Yeah, well, that would be a little challenging. The, yeah, the pellet, the pellet idea of uh, that. That sounds like a, an interesting way uh, yep. of doing it. Maybe, maybe you could pass those out uh, at Walmart too, uh, <laughs> so that cut down on the reproduction habits. At, uh, all right. But I had something of a, a possibly a, a medical question. Um, it's uh, my dog is drinking a lot of water, uh, more so than normal. Uh, should I worry? Is that a sign yeah, of something? Definitely. A, a draw, dog drinking a lot of water? You know, they could just be drinking a lot of water because it's hot outside, and they're trying to compensate that just the same way that we are. Yeah. However, if that's not a logical excuse because of either them being in the air conditioning or, you know, some other situation, um, then, you know, it is definitely worthwhile to have blood work done because there's quite a few different types of um, illnesses that can cause that. And many, if not most are treatable. 
Um, and some are, you know, at least we can do something as far as either medical or diet adjustment or things like that. I mean, diabetes is the one that most people think of. Um, not all people realize that animals can become diabetics, but both dogs and cats uh, can be diabetic, nice. although they are a little different. Dogs are different than cats in the way that they manifest it. Um, but that's one of the first things we see is an increase in their water consumption. Um, kidney disease can cause an increase in their water consumption. Um, some other diseases as well, even some cancers can do that as well, too. So it's always best to get your pet to the vet, have them checked out, get some blood work run. Hey, Michelle, got you back. I pulled pulled over, so I don't know why if it's allowed to some traffic around me. But um, yeah, Karen is exactly right with what she was saying that, you know, dogs and cats can be drinking more water because there's something medically wrong. So in bladder infections, even potentially something as easy as that. They can sometimes they'll be urinating more and maybe the client doesn't realize that, but they make up for it by then drinking a lot more water. And that's what the client would notice or the owner of the pet, you know, that the water intake's gone up a lot. Good point. All right. Here's a, here's a, a question about older dogs. Can, can, can older dogs, do they get dementia? Is that, is that a, is that a, a possibility? And is that a problem with, with dogs? Uh, this person says that, uh, uh, their dog seems to be not responding to its name. Uh, it does hear things, uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of wandering, uh, differently. It seems like it has dementia. Is that a, is that a possibility? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm dealing with that right now with my oh. little guy who is definitely has some issues. He, has some sight issues and he has some hearing issues and uh, he is also just kind of like lost in space sometimes. Um, So yeah, it can definitely happen, but some people don't even realize their dogs can't see or that they think they can hear Mm. because they are responding to certain pitches. But sometimes it takes a very loud noise or a very different pitch, higher or lower, for them to hear exactly what you're trying to say. Um, and the vision, I mean, dogs can go along for a long time um, without vision, without you even realizing it, because they're so habitual, and they know their house, and they know their surroundings. So as long as you don't change the furniture or anything like that, you can see that they will get along really quite well if they can't see and uh, it's always good to um, kind of pay attention, look at their eyes, maybe, and definitely take them into the vet to have them checked out. Hmm. Wow. All right. I said I did not yeah. know dementia could be a thing. Yes, it can. And I've tried some of the medications that are out there with my little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple different things that are basically antioxidants that are being promoted to help with um you know, dementia. There is also another medication that was available for quite a while previously, but has now been discontinued. That was marketed for dogs, but now it's been discontinued. It is still available to some extent, but it is rather costly. Um, and sometimes those medications can help for some, but not always. And, uh, you know, you can see other things like strokes can have an effect. Um, 
make the, uh, make a difference in their um, the way that they react in in the normal household. Um, some dogs can have brain problems, brain tumors, things like that that can affect them as well too. Uh, so once again, good to have it checked out so you know what you're dealing with. Michelle, Absolutely. Does this? Wanna, uh, I'm sorry, Michelle. Does this spill over into the cat community as well? They get confused, so they wail or wail and wail. At least that's what my cat did when she was older, and my sister is currently dealing with that with her 19-year-old cat. Um, they can have medical issues like high blood pressure, kidney disease, causing that too. But oh. with in my my own cat's case, she just she got a little bit of dementia, and they get confused as where as to where they are, and get up in the middle of the night. And for dogs, a lot of times they'll be like, "Well, I have to go outside and go potty," and the owners will let them out, and they don't go, and then they come inside and they pee in the house. Uh. And it's very frustrating for the owners to deal with this. Huh. Right. Yeah, I just keep telling myself that he was a great, great little companion for me for so many years. And in a way, I owe it to him to be there for him to do whatever I can to to make mm-hmm. things as as good as possible for him. I feel the same yeah. way towards Jamie. <laughs> just, uh, his I, final years, I got to make him as as comfortable as possible. <laughs> I, I I'm glad you're looking out for me, Brian. Yeah. Uh, a question about uh, uh, rehoming a dog or training it. It's uh, an eight-year-old French bulldog mix. All right, so this is an eight-year-old French bulldog mix, and it bit our daughter. Uh, the daughter didn't need stitches, but we're obviously very distraught. Uh, for both the daughter and the dog, uh, it was truly my fault. Uh, I left him in one chair uh, and her on the couch up on the opposite side of the room. Uh, went to grab a glass of water, turned my back, and the toddler the toddler approached the dog. Uh, so I realized I shouldn't have left them unsupervised. Um, so we're at a loss. What do we do? It's it's not safe for our daughter, we feel. Uh, she seems a little traumatized by the dog now. Um, but I'm struggling because we've had this dog for eight years, and it's like a, another child to us. Uh, rehoming him is breaking our heart. Uh, he's not a vicious dog, generally very sweet. When my daughter approached uh, and went to pet, uh, she was at face level, um, and the dog acted nervous so is this a problem is this brian is this a a situation do you think they need to rehome this dog you know maybe maybe not um you know uh the best advice when it comes to kids i was going to ask you how old the the child was yeah Yeah, it answers all the questions really um well most of the questions um you know toddlers and dogs um you know dogs kind of take it upon themselves to to train a toddler the same way they would train a puppy and you know, it's uh, nipping and, and, and growling. That's part of dog language. And if a puppy doesn't understand it, they learn it real quick when they're around an adult dog. Now, kids, toddlers don't pick up the cues. The dog is probably nervous, maybe even been growling. You know, so we always tell people there's never a good reason to leave a toddler alone with any dog for any length of time because uh, this dog could be a perfectly fine dog. And if it's eight years old, and it's still being kicked around from house to house. It's probably not a bad dog, you know, because uh, somebody would have picked up on it. If it was a vicious dog, it probably would have been put down yeah. uh, a while ago or, or flagged somehow at, at uh, one of the shelters, or the shelter it was at. 
But um, I would definitely get um, uh, get a uh, behaviorist to take a look at the dog. It could be something as simple as, you know, um, a little bit more control of where the dog and the child is at any given point. If you don't want to do that, if you don't, it could have been a dog that's never been with kids, mm. you know, so, you know, it may be best suited for, uh, you know, an adult household. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a wonderful dog. So I, I, I would hate to do anything before this dog gets looked at by a, a behaviors kind of, cause at that point, the behaviors can say, you know what, this is an easy thing to fix. It's a very tough thing to fix, or this dog should just be in a different environment. And then uh, they could make a, a, a real wise decision as to who they would give that dog to or how they would rehome it. But uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean, because remember, a dog has a very limited repertoire of behaviors when it comes to interaction, you know, and biting and nipping is part of a healthy pack um, uh, uh, communication. Now, we don't tolerate it. Mm. it, it chances are, if, that, if it didn't draw blood, the dog was not trying to hurt the kid, because if it, it bit an, a toddler and really meant to hurt him, a child would be in the hospital. So it was a, it was probably a warning shot of some kind. And um, you definitely need to, you know, lesson learned. You, you, you shouldn't leave you know, young children around, around dogs, but yeah, I'd like, I'd like to, to get a behaviorist in this situation. And the other thing is um, I hate seeing kids that are scared of dogs. Yeah. It's such a, uh, it's such a sad thing to see. And um, you know, cause dogs and kids, you know, can have very, very good relationships, could be some of the best memories you have as a child. So, you know, you don't want this kid to be, you know, uh, to, to, to have any irrational fears of dogs. So maybe this is something that, that they could work out with a trainer. So I definitely uh, think it's, it's a good investment to get a behaviorist over there. And if you don't know of a good trainer or behaviorist, ask, uh, ask your vet. Veterinarians are usually the ones who see the good dogs, the bad dogs, and, and, um, and they, they, They'll, they'll know, they'll tend to know who the good trainers are in the area. Yeah. Well, Karen, one of the best things you can do is when you do have a child, um, make sure the child knows the limitations of what they can do with the pet, dog, cat, whatever, because um, it's the children that are not instructed well that tend to cause the most problems. And (laughs) I'm sounding like it's the kid's fault, but most of the time it is the kid's fault. Because hey, listen, the first time I was, first time I was bit by a dog, mm-hmm. I was under the coffee table with a, with a rawhide bone. And I went through the other side of the coffee table and I blew air in the dog's nose <laughs> and he, he bit me. And of course that's a formula to get bit. Yeah. <laughs> not well, you to, see so many situations where kids and pets can be raised together really well. You know, I yeah. see some of my, um, you know, the rest of my staff that, um, you know, they know how to, how to raise their kids with pets and it's, it's nice to see that, you know, but when you see other situations where people just don't listen to your advice or that just expect that everything's going to be fine without thinking about the consequences that like in this particular example, that's the problem. Yeah. So I was going to mention that, that Brian, that you, example. you, her son has his own cat. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say you got bit early on. That's a turned you into a dog trainer. No, it's really cool to see her son and his own cat. Yeah. How old is your son, Michelle? Oh, she's he's eight. Yeah. So, he's eight years old, and um, he has a cat that he sleeps with every night. Aww. And she sleeps like right on his pillow. And I got her. 
for him because he's had, he has ADHD and has sometimes some problems interacting with other kids when he was younger. And it helps pull his self-esteem up and it really helps him just be a, he's a, such a good kid now. And that cat chose to be with him. Aww. For him, but a lot of times cats will pick someone else and she loves him. And that's, that's so cool to see. No, always, always, I'm sure the vets will back me up with this, always have children spayed or neutered. Always. <laughs> so brian some things are going to be opening back up here in a couple of weeks i mean it's been a good nine ten weeks of people uh locked down uh but some some more businesses are reopening uh people are going back to work they're leaving the house how do we get our dog uh what are some steps we should do with the dogs to get them readjusted to us uh and our cats uh us not being around 24 7 yeah. Well, you know, dogs are creatures of habit. And if you want to, if you want to instill a, a new bad behavior in a dog, changes, changes habits, changes routine quickly. And you'll see lots of, lots of behaviors you've never seen before. So you want to try, if you can do um, at least three or four things a day that you do with them, try to do it the exact same times every day. So if you know you're going back to work, you know, take your dog for that seven o'clock in the morning walk, you know, try to try to get him used to that new schedule as, as early as you can and try to do everything as consistently as possible. You know, they say variety is the spice of life, but for dogs, it's a kiss of death. You got you, you want you want to keep you want to keep things as consistent and normalized as possible. So try to walk the dog and have those active times when you know you're going to be home, whether you're working or not. Uh, that'll that'll take take you a long way. Second thing is. This whole time, I've been emotional distancing from people, not social distancing. <laughs> I got this whole thing wrong, Damien. I, I don't know. Um, it's, so it's going to be a little bit more difficult for me to work my way back to society. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to come over and hug you, Brian. Uh, Someone does. Uh, <laughs> all right, Karen or, or Michelle, uh, allergy season. I am in the middle, this is Stephen here, I'm in the middle of uh, one of the worst allergy seasons I've ever had to face, uh, and I think my dog has allergies too. Um, can dogs be allergic to the same grasses that I'm allergic to, and can I give him my Benadryl to help? Well, dogs can have allergies just like we can. Yeah, Absolutely. Benadryl doesn't really work like it does for you and I. Um, they've done a lot of studies where they've given dogs Benadryl and given them sugar, and they've seen no difference. That being said, uh, I do have some clients that swear that it's how there's no harm in trying it. The itch and dog allergies tend to be very itchy. They chew their feet, they lick their armpits, they can scratch their bellies. Unlike you and I, who have like runny eyes, runny nose, sneezing. They're very, very itchy, especially this time of year. My goodness, it's like every other appointment right now. <laughs> and their their allergies can also lead to skin infections because once they've disrupted that normal barrier of their skin, it can allow bacteria to settle in. So instead of just having an allergy, often they have an allergy, and it'll be complicated with a secondary infection. And so those need to be treated in addition to the allergy itself. 
luckily we have some really great new medications available for dogs that um, really help with the allergies and um, with like minimal to no side effects. So we are really lucky right now. These medications are actually biologics, like you see the advertisements on TV for human medications. Um, especially if it's itching a lot, definitely get it into your vet. All right. All right. Um, I, I did not know that. Uh, let me, but there was one other one here. Um, uh, 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 is the uh, same thing with Tylenol. Someone said, uh, is it safe? Benadryl's okay, but, uh, is, is Tylenol okay for a pet? Is it, why would you give your pet Tylenol? But the, the question was just, is it safe you, to give my pet can, Tylenol? You can give Tylenol. That being said, we don't really use Tylenol in dogs. Um, it is like labeled for them for dogs. You can never give Tylenol to a cat. It will cause your cat to go into liver failure. Whoa. Just as a side note. Okay. Very, like I keep my Tylenol for like my liquid Tylenol for the kids like way away because I'm just afraid to like refill it one day. The cats might lick it. Mm. But um, it's probably better to call your veterinarian. Why do you need to give your dog Tylenol? Like, is it painful? And get a dog labeled pain med that would be a little better for that situation if needed. Wow. Exactly. And in that same context, never give your dog Advil or ibuprofen because that can cause kidney damage and yep. it, can, it can result in kidney failure. And aspirin is actually a better blood thinner than pain meds. So it doesn't really work that great for pain in dogs. And they have shown that in dogs that if you do give aspirin, like some people have problems with aspirin causing stomach issues and stomach ulcers. They have done studies that have shown in dogs that every time you give an aspirin, it does cause bleeding in the stomach. So you really don't want to be getting into that habit at all. Hey, Brian, it's uh, it's some bad news for you. Um, You have to stop snuggling your chickens. Now, I have to? Yes. Is this something that Dr. Fauci has told and warned everybody of? It is. is The CDC, actually. The CDC says you got to stop kissing your chicken. Um, You can't (laughs) kiss them. You can't snuggle them. Uh, There's a big salmonella outbreak in 28 states, and it's linked to uh, chicks and ducks. So, wow. uh, yeah. So the springtime, it's uh, usually the birth of life, pet poultry in particular, and these chicks and ducklings are so cute, uh, but they have pesky, pesky salmonella. So uh, backyard fowl um, are the, at a center of uh, a salmonella outbreak that's infected 97 people in 28 states. So there's 97 people or more out there kissing their chickens. <laughs> <laughs> a third of the people that are sick are under the age of five. So, wow. yeah. So the CDC yeah. is saying, uh, don't snuggle backyard poultry because uh, they, they, it's, it's bad on the salmonella. salmonella. Uh, it's the second time within a year the CDC has pleaded with the public to, to end the snuggles. There was another salmonella outbreak in September uh, just of 2019 here. Uh, and during that outbreak, there were a thousand people that were infected across 49 states. So, yeah. Uh, stop, wow. stop kissing your chickens. Chickens and reptiles are both carriers of salmonella. So 
it is something you do have to be careful about. You should always wash your hands really well when handling, you know, any of those. Karen, is that a popular pet? Do you have many people have uh, pet poultry and do they do, do they bring them to you and can you do anything with them except, you know, roast them? <laughs> well, you know, it's somewhat popular. It really depends on where you live. Um, you know, some of the other areas that where you can, obviously that is a very common thing. You know, I live out in the country, so there's a lot more chickens around here than, you know, than back in the city. But, um, you know, as far as bringing them to us, no, we rather, we refer them to, um, pretty much refer them to the farm animal vets for the most part, because it's a lot easier for them to do a house call than it is for them to bring their chicken into us. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Brian, what's the, the strangest pet you've ever had? The strangest pet I've ever had. Um, well, at the time, uh, ferrets were, when I, when I had a ferret, it was uh, kind of an oddity. Now they're a lot more popular. Um, I loved my ferret. I had a, a ferret years ago and, um, you know, I would pick up things like, uh, I had an injured seagull one time and I wouldn't consider it a pet, uh-huh. you know, uh, I've, I've, uh, oh, I, I, I nursed a squirrel, a baby squirrel. Uh-huh. I was on my way out of town and I was rolling up the hose in the backyard and I heard this little squeak and it was a tiny little squirrel. And I took my t-shirt and I rolled it up and kind of like a, like a nipple and I put some milk on it. And I swear to goodness, I was, I was nursing this baby squirrel. And uh, you remember Donna? Yeah. Uh, to be on the show. Uh, I gave the squirrel to her and she raised it, set it free and it would visit her from time to time in, in her yard. So huh. Yeah. yeah, I was a wildlife uh, rehabber for quite a long time, and I nursed quite a few squirrels. I had, uh, I kind of joke that at one time I had 21 squirrels in my kitchen. Uh, uh, I had a large cage, and I was nursing them with two hands. I love them. I, they're the greatest little critter in the world. I, I, you know, I kind of repopulated my area with squirrels because at the time I had moved in, uh, this was in my old house, I saw maybe one or two squirrels and that was it. And then once I started raising them and releasing them out in my area, then I'd see squirrels all the time. And I realized that a lot of them were descendants of the ones that, you know, that I had released. So it kind of made me feel good to know that. The only, the oddest uh, critter I've had, it was like a mouse. We had a mouse as a pet. Uh, That's about as weird as it's gotten for me. Uh, I'm a cat guy. So I've moved on to, I've moved on to cats, but, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a rat for a while yeah. and, uh, man, talk about a smart animal. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really smart. It, it managed to get out of its, out of its cage. And of course I've always had lots of animals, uh, dogs and cats. And, um, this rat was ferocious towards the cat and the dogs, but you could pick it up and it was just as snugly as could be. So it could differentiate, you know, between, the friend and foe, of course, the, the dogs and cat wouldn't hurt it, but it didn't didn't like them. But uh, after a while, we just let him kind of hang out outside of the cage. Oh. And uh, he learned some tricks. He learned a few commands. He, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great animal. I, I always recommend, you know, uh, uh, rats if somebody's looking for something a little bit different. Uh, they're easy to take care of, and they're just really cool animals. So the I, difficulty with rats is they have a short lifespan. Oh. Yeah. yeah. 
That's why I said I only had them for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, let's let's do this. Oh, I did the wrong thing here. All right, one more time. Doing this here. Lies, 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 yeah. Factor fiction. Lies, 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 yeah. You decide. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pick on Michelle, I think. And uh, Dr. Karen, I just sent you a, a Facebook message with a headline in it. Do you have your Facebook open, Karen? Um. I can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, you froze for a second there, so I didn't know you were calling on me. Oh yeah, yeah. I sent you a little Facebook message. We're gonna pick. A, I said we're gonna pick on Michelle. Uh, okay. And uh, Brian, I sent you a, a, an email uh, with yep. a, a couple. Michelle's running and hiding now. <laughs> no, no. I just got home. I'm just teasing. All right, we're gonna we're gonna just pick on home. we're gonna pick on Michelle just a little bit if you have a second. Karen, do you have that uh, headline there? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Read that headline. Uh, commissioner resigns after he threw a cat during Zoom meeting. <laughs> All right. And then uh, two of these are true. One of them's false, Michelle. You got to pick out the, the false one. So the second headline here is Pet Pig runs up electric bill during the lockdown by turning on the, all the lights in the house every day. And story number three, woman discovers how hard it is to give your dog a haircut during the lockdown. <laughs> All right, there you go. Two of them are two or two are true. One's false. Which is the false headline? I hope that nobody threw a cat during a Zoom meeting. So let's try that one. <laughs> no, it it did. Some guy did. Really? Yeah, he was, uh, and he had a. They kicked him out of wherever he was working. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, where was it? This out of the New York. Wow. Out of the New York Times. Um. <laughs> so wait, did they, did the did the commissioner get fired? Uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's see if he lands on his feet like the cat did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was uh oh it's not coming up for me. Uh but yeah, so he had to resign. The 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 fake one was uh, uh the second one there, the pig turning on the electricity and running pig up. Turning the on all the way. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the that was the fake one. So and then the third one there, Brian read. What was your headline? People have pigs as pets. I mean, some do. Yeah. But a lot of them, they pigs have a lot of behavioral issues, and uh, oh yeah, they so a lot of times they don't last very long as pets. Oh, you see those cute little pot belly pigs, and people are like, oh, they're so cute. I just don't think they're cute. I don't know. <laughs> they may be. They can scream so loud uh, if they're upset. My goodness. Mm. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, <coughs> yeah. I think I had, I think, I think, I think, um, how can I tell you, there's a medical question here. How can I tell, uh, if my dog has kennel cough, uh, he seems to be coffee. Um, so how do you, how do you tell if a dog has kennel cough? Well, your best bet is to take it to the vet because it could have kennel cough, but it also could be something else. You know, we had a lot of people, um, during the uh, big influenza outbreak that thought that their dogs just had kennel cough and they instead had, you know, the dog flu. And that is not as simple as kennel cough. And basically we were seeing animals coming in with pneumonia and, you know, they also um, can cough for other reasons other than kennel cough. Some dogs will cough 
when they have heart problems. And so that's a totally different issue. Uh, if you know that your dog has been in contact with another dog that maybe had um, a respiratory infection of some sort, then that is, you know, something that could in, could maybe indicate that it does have kennel cough. But, you know, we have vaccines nowadays that we recommend highly. And what's unique about our vaccines is our company will let us test the dog for free, five dogs a month, as to why it's coughing. The rest, it's kind of like a strep culture that you would get a human doctor. We swab the back of their throat and around their eye. And it checks for 11, there's 18 known diseases that cause kennel cough in the dog. And it checks for 11 of them. We only have tests for 11. But it can tell you, you know, do they have Bordetella, but they've been vaccinated against it? Or is it something completely different um, that we don't make a vaccine for? So it's not a failure of the vaccines if you had your dog vaccinated for, quote unquote, kennel cough, and then all their coughing, because there's a lot of things that can cause it. Yes. And that's something that our practice offers. So if you've had vaccines at our practice, we can do that for five dogs a month, which is nice. It's all about the information, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Gathering the, gathering the info. Um, all right. I got uh, one more thing I wanted, I wanted to, to, to do here today. Who's bad? It's time for the bad animal joke of the week. Oh, all right. It's short. It's simple. It's bad. It's a bad animal joke of the week. Uh, hey, Brian, there's a man. He walks into a zoo, uh, but there's only one animal. It's a dog. It was a shit zoo. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. There you go. Bad, oh, that's, uh, that's the bad animal joke of the week. <laughs> Uh, That's just one and done. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, right? <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, Karen, Michelle, thanks for uh, hanging out. Do definitely appreciate it and uh, getting back to some normalcy. Uh, we got Coyote Pier- Peterson coming up. He's going to talk to us about the murder hornets uh, and uh, will they actually be murdering us? Um, Coyote Peterson, he's, uh, he's got a TV show, he's a YouTube star, he had a book, we talked to him about his book, and now he's got a TV show going, and uh, he's all about getting stung by big bad, stung and bit by things, so we, I want to talk to him about the, the murder hornets, so we got that coming up uh, June 10th, uh, on a Wednesday, uh, we're going to talk to him coming up, so uh, looking forward to that, and uh, that, that'll do it for this episode of Animal Talk, please have an exotic week. And kiss your wild thing for me. Hey, right on. All right.